0: The Bryce Young, Frank Reich era of Carolina Panthers football is upon us. What does this roster look like? What does it lack? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day what's better than this it's guys being dudes here on the locked on nfl scouting podcast we're the draft dudes i'm joe marino from locked on bills he's kyle krabs from locked on dolphins and we are your nfl experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the locked on nfl scouting podcast with the draft dudes part of the locked on podcast network your team every day We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com/slash
1: lockdown today to get ten percent off your first month. Joe Happy National Kyle. Resets his office for the third time in the calendar year. No, third, third time in since the calendar changed to twenty twenty three. Day to you, that's it's an impressive done calendar. it again. He's never stop tinkering. You know what I mean. Well, I thought for sure, like t- speaking of tinkering, I thought for sure I was going to trip you up with the the mini back scratcher bit here on the front. Power through it. Yeah, he had to scratch an itch there, you know. And
0: I was like, you know what, Kyle, you do you do your thing over there. I'm going to sit here and and do this
1: intro the way it ought to be done. You ever have that happen though, where like somebody gets you like a, a weird little stocking stuffer that yeah, you just throw it right. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd use that at some point, but then like you never use it or find it. And then like, you just happen upon it. And then it's like this cool little bonus part of your week where you have a little new part of your daily routine.
0: Yeah. I have a whole bag full of exactly that type of stuff, like over near my closet in
1: this office. And, uh doesn't count if you keep it consolidated in the same place. Well, at some point I'll just throw it. At some point I'll go through
0: it and
1: (laughs) I'll have some new paper clips and a bag of peanuts. And uh, I expect something on tomorrow's show. I'll see what I can muster up. All right. So we are doing our second consecutive blue and silver team, which is fitting given the color scheme here of locked on NFL scouting on the YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Um, Joe, make sure you don't tell everyone to like and subscribe until the end of the video, please. Would hate for you to upset anyone. (laughs) Don't. Come on, man. Come on. Dude needs to touch some grass. Brother. Right. Big time Buffalo Bill lotion in the basket vibes on Joe's YouTube comments the other day. Um, (laughs) I had one question. Okay. What you got? (laughs) I had one question to ask you. About the Colts, because I want to make this a part of when we do all the teams, and we didn't do it on the first show, and then we're going to get into the Panthers. Fact or fiction, the Colts are a better roster today than they were 12 months ago. And then be prepared, because I'm going to ask you this same question about the Panthers.
0: I I don't say yes to that very quickly. I don't I don't know that I can
1: say that they are. I think they have the potential to be. Right? The young players that were rookies last year if they continue to get better and without counting on growth, I think it's an easy no.
0: Minus Ocariki, okay. minus Stefan Gilmore, minus um I don't know, like, is their quarterback position, position going to be better right now? Matt Ryan was their best quarterback last yeah, year. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson's probably better.
1: I don't know, man. Okay, Simmer on it. And we'll go ahead and, and we'll start talking about the Carolina Panthers. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I do have the depth chart up. I have heard your your cries and pleas to have the scoring index available so you can see that in the top left-hand corner of our con- these are our consensus grades for the Carolina Panthers so we're grading all the players on both sides of the ball by roster cornerstone, quality starter, adequate starter, rookies, replacement level players, quality depth, non-roster caliber players, incomplete evaluations and practice squad players. So Joe We'll we'll pull the depth chart up in segment three coming to consensus. Let's just talk about the offensive side of the ball and observations.
0: My big prevailing thought right now in studying this team last year and looking at how it's stacked up going into 2023 offensively is just how little of this remains intact year over year. And I think you could probably argue that that's a good thing. But whether it's a brand new coaching staff or how many different starters there's going to be, I mean, you have one skill player, one, I guess, quote unquote, starting skill player returning as a starter, and that's Terrence Marshall Jr. And while your offensive line is really coming back, I mean, Austin Corbett tore his ACL in week 18, and so he's very much in jeopardy for the start of the season. And Brady Christensen had a fractured ankle late in the season. I know he's on track to be ready to go for week one, but a new scheme with literally everything new, I think it's going to take a little time for this offense to to hit its stride. So that's not getting too much into the weeds with the personnel. I think that's just an important thing for us to acknowledge as we consider this Panthers team
1: coming out of 2022 and entering
0: 2023.
1: So we're expecting, and I believe this was publicly declared, that Andy Dalton's going to enter training camp as the starting quarterback. Yes, that's that's what's been communicated. He's QB1 right now. Yep. And with the, the skill players that he'll be throwing to with Adam Thielen coming over from Minnesota, who still has some gas left in the tank, right? He could still play a little bit. I had him down as an adequate starter. I believe you did as well. He, he's not mm-hmm. the player that he was five years ago when he was at his peak. That's to be expected. You have DJ Chark coming into the mix as a, a nice vertical, plain, big-bodied receiver. Terrence Marshall, who you mentioned, and from a skill player perspective, he took the second most snaps of any skill player on the team last year. Only DJ Moore had more, and he was obviously a part of the trade for the number one overall pick. 650 snaps offensively, approximately. Hayden Hurst coming over from Cincinnati. There's some nice pieces here. I don't know that there's any center pieces. Right. Obviously, Miles Sanders in the backfield as well, coming over from Philadelphia. There's some nice pieces of the puzzle, but I don't think you have any long-term centerpiece blocks in your supporting cast and skill players other than if Terrace Marshall takes that step in year one or if Jonathan Mingo hits the ground running.
0: And just to clarify, you're
1: referring to skill players because
0: I think the offensive right. line's
1: got a couple, yeah. Well, obviously. yeah, but my observation with the offensive line is that Quanu 1,018 snaps offensively. Taylor Moton, 1,018 snaps off. Those dudes didn't miss a snap last year. Both yep. of your tackles did miss a snap. And then you have uh, Austin Corbett with 985. Uh, Brady Christensen with 965. And Bozeman took over for Elf line Relatively early. Relatively early. He played almost 700 snaps, but that was what was surprising to me was just how many snaps those guys all shared together last year. And what gets you a little leery about that is how often does that happen in consecutive seasons? Well, it's not going to. Right? I mean, we've already got right. We've already got some
0: problems here. Um, on Iki Aquanu, he struggled early, and I feel like Didn't that is 100% late. Matt Rule's fault right? Well, like that was complete garbage with him having to spend time at left guard in camp, Uh, you know, sorting it out between Brady Christensen, who might've been the left tackle after they said over and over again, he's a guard. Like all of that was extremely unnecessary and took away critical reps that could have got Iki Ikuanu ready to play his best football in week one. Like we all knew he was the left tackle. Brady Christensen was the left guard and Matt Rule wanted to dress it up like there was some type of competition and take away those reps from Mickey and camp. And I, I thought some of those early struggles could have absolutely been avoided if they would have just had
1: him in the right spot to begin with. Not made life harder for yourself. Like they did with everything with Matt rule. Unbelievable. Right. Right.
0: So we'll so, see what they do at guard now. I mean, it's probably going to be Cade Mays at right guard to start the season. You would think you think Corbett is at least on the pup for four weeks. Right. I mean, it's nine to 12 month recovery. This happened in week 18. I mean, the first half of the season could be in jeopardy, if not longer. So they're going to be relying on Cade Mays or
1: Chandler Zavala or or Justin McRae here to to be a starting guard. Yeah, the depth will be tested this year in a way that I think up front it was not tested last year. And and that's an area for for Carolina. You hope it's tested early Mm -hmm. and you can ride it out and then get that unit that spent so much time together last year, that starting five. Get them back, and you don't suffer setbacks in season. Because if you do, you, you mentioned in the pre-show re-signing Cameron Irving and that being a, a must uh, for what they had a tackle. That's not a good and place to be. No, We're yeah. when Cam Cameron Irving's your must re-sign for your right. swing tackle. But right. that's where they're at when it's it's Larnell Coleman, who was a seventh round pick out of UMass and super raw, and then a UDFA this year in in Ricky Lee. Had so. To do it. They, um, they have really good starting pieces on the offensive line. I think they have really good complementary pieces, but no established hallmarks at the skill group, Yeah, which is not they're... a bad place to be with a young quarterback. If we're going to get Bryce young in sooner rather than later. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I would love to see them
0: have like a true guy that they funnel their offense through. Uh, and they, they have a bunch of ancillary pieces in my opinion. Um, I'm excited to see what Tommy Tremble can do, right? I mean, we've seen some tight some tight ends kind of come My up God. under Frank Reich. Uh, think about what Mo, Mo Alley-Cox offered the Colts for a number of years there. Like, you know, I, I think as a number two tight end with Hurst. I think that's a nice pair. Obviously, Ian Thomas is extremely overpaid and doesn't really offer I can't offer believe much. they gave
1: another contract to him. I sat, I sat down and I'm like, okay, let me see what they saw in Ian in Thomas. And it never came. Like, no. Why was there a new contract given here? No, it's not good. Uh, but Tommy Trimble is kind of a guy I
0: have soft circled here. As, uh, I'm not going to get crazy here. Yeah, but, I mean, can he be a meaningful blocker and have an uptick in receiving chances? I think that's certainly in the
1: realm of possibilities. I've, I've seen the medical report there, and he does confirmed have that dog on his x-rays. <laughs> <laughs> he, yes, sir. he is a dude. He's a dude. All right, we're going to flip gears over to defense, Joe. We are, but first, this show is brought
0: to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find a more balanced lifestyle so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you'll get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month.
1: That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. So, Joe, one of the... Um... Players we'll save for segment three is is Frankie Luvo. I think that's probably the most interesting player other than a former top ten pick in C.J. Henderson that we're, we've committed to with, with bucketing these players, but we'll talk big picture defense first. I think that the thing that has really excited for Carolina, we talked about over on the offensive side of the ball, specifically in the skill group, ancillary pieces, but not hallmarks yet. Mm -hmm. I think you got some hallmarks defensively between what Derek Brown was able to do this year. Now, whether we were both ready to put them in the roster cornerstone buckets just yet or not, I think that that's kind of an ideological question we can tackle about why we felt the way that we did and what bucket we put them in. But J.C. Horn last year looking like the player that was worth the selection that they invested in him in the first round two years ago before he missed time with injury – uh, Brian Burns obviously looking like the player who's getting offers for two first-round picks at the trade deadline, right? When, when Carolina was struggling, like you have some very, very good centerpieces in which to build the rest of your offense around or your defense around.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you kind of brought up Derek Brown and classifying him because I think as we get deeper into this series, and we're only two teams in you know, you're going to be able to look back and say, well, I gave that guy this classification. And so, you know, it gives you a measuring stick to kind of hold players up against and really ask if they belong in the same bucket. And I think with Derek Brown, that's the type of player where you can probably talk yourself into what he showed last year as a roster cornerstone. Um, But I wound up putting him in the quality starter bucket. And the way that I got there is I thought to myself, well, going back to the Colts, DeForest Buckner was a roster cornerstone and I didn't have to think twice about it. Grover Stewart was really good. But he's kind of the quality starter, and I think that Derrick Brown's more Grover Stewart right now than he is DeForest Buckner,
1: and there has to be a line of
0: delineation
1: there. Well, and if Derek Brown has the same kind of year but has more passing down production, I think it'll be much easier. Yeah. Like you if you're not gonna have the sack numbers, you gotta be dominant to no end. As an interior defensive lineman, to get that roster cornerstone designation, right? Yeah, no question. And he had what one sack last year. I'm not. I don't and, even know. And how many, yeah. That's not the be all end all, and, and I get it. And that's not really the point. But even from a pressures perspective, he didn't put heat you know, on the quarterback yet. But right. he was really, really dominant at the point of attack. Very good in run defense. But it was the kind of the first year that which he'd put it all together too. So you're you're just looking for a little bit more of a resume before you attach yourself to that for Derek Brown. And I was in the same school of thought as you were, where I put him in quality starter because I can't make peace with the resume that DeForest Buckner has established as a starting defensive tackle and a $20 million per year player versus Derek Brown's 2020 and 2021 versus what 2022 looked like and still wishing that the the production was a little bit more well-rounded and robust.
0: It's kind of keeping things on the front here, you know, I think we both agree uh, Brian Burns a cornerstone of this football team. Yeah. Man, does he need a running mate in a big way. That was one of my big takeaways in studying this defense was, man, did they miss that Hassan Reddick type player. Um, and and I, I'm i looking at what they have. It's, you know, E. Turgros matos who I think has kind of told us that he's a sufficient depth player but not necessarily so really a, a featured defender. start. Yeah, he's got some of that stuff. But, like, is he really going to be able to – get to the edges of blocks and win with consistency. I, I didn't see that. And so, you know, they took a roll of the dice on DJ Johnson. They actually gave up a fair amount to move up 13 spots to get him out of Oregon. And that's going to be interesting. I mean, he's a freak athlete, but he's 25 years old. He's going to be a 25 year old rookie, Kyle. And, and, you know, a guy that played three different positions at Oregon and, and you don't like a raw 25 year old, right. Coming out of the Pac 12, that's, that's kind of tough to reconcile. So I'm hopeful there, but uh, I I'm really, really wanting to see this team find another guy here to to really get heat. to real, I think that'll help you maximize what you have in
1: Brian Burns as well. Absolutely. And uh, so I wanted to talk about Yitur Gross Matos just because I, I thought from a run perspective, and they moved him around the front a little bit, right? Kind of like what happened at Penn State where he'd live down in the B-gap at times, and then he'd be a base end, and then you could stand him up because he's athletic enough to do it. It's just a conversion from your initial – stem out of your stance to then convert into an attack mode as a pass rusher. Like that's not, hasn't been natural for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been the same going all the way back to Penn state. So kind of seeing the same restrictions in, instinctually reacting to things as compared to you kind of see, okay, now I need to convert. Now, now I need to try to press up the field, and there's a little too many of these reps where he's taking on too much of the body of the, the offensive tackle as compared to attacking half a man and really utilizing the explosive. He's a linearly explosive guy. You see it in the run game where they leave him on the backside and he comes crashing down or he shoots across mm-hmm. the face and slants across run blocks and makes these tackles at the line of scrimmage. The flashes are there, but I just... I don't know if we're at this point yet that the light bulb's going to come on. And that's okay. I think if, if Yeter Grossmanos played 500, 600 snaps for you this year, and a lot of it was first and second down, you'd be in pretty good shape. Yeah. No, I, I'd like what you have there. We'll see if you know
0: Marquise Haynes has been there for a long time as a speed guy. Amari Barno, second-year player, has a ton of speed. DJ Johnson has tools. Like they've got some options, but. They Need a dude to go with Brian Burns. God, how about J.C. Horn? Yeah, dude. Talk about a well, confident player that is making plays in the ball. Is physical. The pick is he had in the Seahawks
1: game was awesome. I don't know if you the whole Seahawks
0: that game. game was just like if you want to love <laughs> J.C. Horn, <laughs> Freudian slip there. Uh, watch, watch the Seattle game. I mean, that
1: was that was an incredible showcase of what he was able to get done. I mean, just that that interception on the first defensive possession where he he triggers on the shallow. They're trying to high low him. Looks like they're running a circus concept, right? And off then on he the over. Immediately sticks his foot back in the ground. His eyes are through the quarterback the entire time. Hinges and opens his his hips forty five degrees. Sinks straight vertical. Drops underneath the throw on the corner, the deep corner. Picks it off. Really nice effort after the interception as well. Uh, and, and then he spent some of that that game traveling around, shadowing. DK Metcalf and playing physical mm-hmm. with him and, and being the kind of big, long physical corner that you expected he was going to be. I thought he frustrated had success DK in those a few times. Yeah. 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 Dude. As fan. compared to um Yeah, what we've seen from from CJ Henderson at one of the other corner spots. We'll talk a little bit more about him. I'm just not ready to hunt all the way yeah <laughs> he had an I interception were... in that game too didn't he, he if did. I'm not mistaken yeah. I think so I, yeah. why did he fall
0: why did he fall I want to see see what he looked like on that return like brother keep going man
1: I wanted to give a shout out to somebody who's not on the team I believe he's currently a free agent and I think Carolina did a sufficient job in replacing him when they signed shy Tuttle from New Orleans but I thought Matt Ioannidis played pretty well last year yeah he's still waiting for a deal somebody should sign him come on come on to South Beach man Um, Uh, you don't need him. (laughs) I mean, you really
0: don't, but sure. He'd be a good player for any team. Really?
1: Yeah. He's, um, the motor's good. You expect the motor to be good, but he's got that dense frame. He's built low to the ground. I thought he actually showed more pass rush consistency than Derek Brown did in a game by game basis.
0: And I think that's fair.
1: Um, he's just not a super splashy athlete. But on the inside, where stuff happens quick, if if you can use your hands and, and create some positive momentum, or conversely, if if you can force a first punch to miss, he's kind of he's just kind of got that that instinct about him that I, I think somebody if if you end up landing this guy, you're gonna get a pretty seventy pressures over the last two seasons in Washington and Carolina combined, and he hasn't played more than six hundred forty snaps in either season. So he got a nice little nose for for creating some penetration and some chaos up front, but Shai Tuttle, I, I think, is cut from the same cloth.
0: Younger He's been in New Orleans, too. I think, what yeah.
1: six six years now. I think this was is it that long seven. five five six seasons wow. for Shai Tuttle.
0: I feel like I was just watching him play at Tennessee.
1: <sighs> Man, we're we, right. We this, talk, is, this, yes, this
0: will this this be his fifth season, so he played four seasons okay, in New okay, Orleans. okay, okay. It's not. Sorry, I bad. mean. A nice player for them is uh, uh, UDFA. I've been trying to, like, Emmanuel Mosley and him, um, and even they had an edge player, Kyle Phillips, if I'm not mistaken. Like, these, just that stretch of Tennessee where they just weren't developing their players. Oh, Florida's in that space yeah. right
1: now where they don't develop anybody. Tennessee Phil, was in that space. Wasn't Phillips had, like, a bunch of injuries, right? And went to, he went to the shrine.
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah.
1: sure. Yep, that was, but, like, three, three, four years ago, yeah. Right when Tennessee was like, they had players that so they just didn't develop any the, of the the champions of life. They were phase. It were of, of Tennessee
0: Volunteers cost, cost them boys a lot of money. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. That's right. This are our champions of life. All right, we, we want to go to switch gears to consensus because we got a couple okay. players we got to knock out here. Coming up after a quick break. All right, I'm going to pull up the uh, the depth chart. So what?
0: For me, explain this. Everyone's now seeing this for the first time. That hasn't been on the screen
1: the whole time. Correct. Well, okay. I, I've I have flashed it intermittently. Ooh. Okay. Um. Uh, but but we're we're going to actively leave it up for those of you who are on YouTube. For those of you who are not on YouTube, um, what we'll do is we'll set the table in this way. Joe and I have Brian Burns as the only. Roster cornerstone—the the players that are colored in with the color key, whether it's roster stone, quality starter, adequate starter, rookie, all the way down the list. If they're colored in, they were consensus when Joe and I both separately did the exercise of watching the film and then bucketing the players. Brian Burns, the only roster cornerstone. Joe, we didn't mention Jeremy Chin at all, which feels a little crazy to me.
0: He's a good player. I um.
1: I don't know that he's been as good as he was his rookie season the last I, two. I didn't want to be the one to say it, so I'm glad you did. But yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. Flashy
0: moments where you see it, right? But I want I want him to get back to where we
1: saw him earlier in his career. And I, I think, think we are we're both readily weekend. acknowledging that Derek Brown and J.C. Horn, who are listed on here as quality starters with repeat performances, give themselves – significantly better opportunities to become roster cornerstones at this time next year. Aquanu too, is in that conversation. Yes.
0: like there's After some, his rookie but, season. There's some guys right there knocking on the door of being a, a
1: franchise cornerstone as a young player, too. Which is it's helpful. Just, yes, yes. So, if, if we had to summarize both sides of the ball, I think we did it talking about offense where I think you have a lot of ancillary and sufficient... Pieces? Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, yes. Like, we have Chark, Thielen, Hurst, Miles Sanders, and two of your five starters on the offensive line in Bozeman and Brady Christensen, all as adequate level starters. We like the other pieces of the offensive line even more than that, Nikwanu, Corbett, and Moton. Terrence Marshall Jr. feels like your X factor, and then obviously the quarterback position. Defensively, how, how would you best summarize what has been consensus to this point for those who are not seeing the depth chart and the color key.
0: This is where I think your higher concentration of impact players are guys that we have graded in that quality starter to franchise cornerstone, um, I need to go to the master sheet because I'm it's only J- looking at
1: J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, Shaq Thompson, Von Bell as a new addition in free agency. Brian Burns are quality starters are better defensively.
0: Right. That's a good spot to be. And there's there's a fair amount of purple depth. here, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Quality, like
0: Quality depth, depth, depth players here. So personnel wise, I mean, I think they're in pretty good shape on
1: on defense. And it looks like we have some players to debate here on the defense. Right. So let's start with Frankie Luvu, who yeah. was a really fun player. But this was really the first year in which Luvu was, was cast into any meaningful snaps. He played effectively the same amount of snaps this season as he had in his first four seasons in the NFL combined. Mm-hmm. And he did well with his opportunity, largely speaking. Kind of well-rounded. Moved all around. Spent some time on the edge. Spent some time as a stack linebacker. Was able to push out into the slot as an uh, a... Hash defender at times. What impressed you the most? You put him down as an adequate starter, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was just all over the place, shooting gaps, chasing from distance,
0: playing in space. I mean, I, I really appreciated what he brought. I thought he was at times. I felt like he was the emotional leader of that defense, and that's that's a unit that has Derek Brown and Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson, who's been there for a long time, and Jeremy Chin. Like that was the guy who I felt the most on tape, um, and so. I didn't want, it, it kind of felt like the Zaire Franklin conversation where I was like, I don't, I mean, I thought about putting him in quality starter. And I was like, you know what? No, I think he's got more to prove here. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't think he was any less than an, an adequate starter, the yellow classification here. Okay.
1: And I had him down as a, uh, first of all, I appreciate you having congruency with how you chose to bucket Luvu versus how you bucketed Zaire Franklin. So I applaud you for that because that can be hard right mm-hmm. when you don't have that context and you're not doing it back to back i think for me the two areas that hung me up were missed tackles and pass coverage so i agree with you that there was this was an emotional spark plug player who kind of seized the moment in an otherwise a side of shack thompson bad linebacker room to step in and take more snaps but i thought some of the the open field tackling uh, he had a, was like a 15% missed tackle rate. And his career missed tackle rate is 16%. So that's right in line with what he's been across five seasons. Has been a sore spot. And he only forced six incompletions in coverage on 56 targets last year. So for me, it was, okay, like, can we get a little bit more specific with his role? Because I think he, he took a lot of these snaps because they needed a body to take it. But I struggle with, does that mean he's the best player to continue taking all these snaps moving forward? And I didn't definitively say the answer was yes, so I put him in quality depth as a result. I think this is a player you'd love to get 600 snaps a year on, but maybe not ask him to do so much as compared to last year. He almost played 1,000 snaps.
0: Well, I, I mean, he's in line
1: to be their guy.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know that Brandon Smith's going to push for that. I don't know if Kamu kruger is going to push from that. So, I if I were Carolina, I would feel comfortable with him on the second level next to Shaq Thompson as my starter. I think if you put him at quality depth, I think you're boxing him into saying, like, yeah, that's not a player that you should prefer to be a starter for you. And I don't, I don't look at it that
1: way, and I don't think the team does. Because the team does is not choosing to look at it that way. I will meet you with adequate level starter, but I did at least want to communicate what my resistance was to why I, I, yeah, where I felt, you know, if it's me, that's what I took away from Frankie Lou. We have another starter to handle, Xavier Woods. God, where do you have him? He's yellow for me, right? He is adequate for, starter for you, yeah. I have him as a replacement level starter at this point. I just don't okay. think there's enough meaningful plays being made.
0: Okay, so th- that's probably true. I mean, this guy's been a starter for the last one, two, three, four, five years in the NFL, right? I don't think he's. I don't think he, like he's not a starter that I say. Well, you're going to get beat because that guy's on the
1: field. I think but is gonna, he going to make any impactful plays for you?
0: I don't think he's going to get you beat. I think pairing him with what they have in Von Bell and Jeremy Chin, like allows him to, I think, kind of play that role. That's going to not really player him playing him in some deeper alignments, right? I don't think he's a quality starter. He's somewhere
1: between quality depth and, a, and an adequate starter. But I like- Okay, so, so let, me free, let me frame it to you this way, because I think we're between the right two buckets of replacement level and adequate starter. How how difficult do you think it would be to find somebody to come in and fully fulfill the responsibility that Xavier Woods is executing in your defense? I don't think it would be hard, and that's why I think you have
0: still have good veteran safeties on the market and good veteran safeties that didn't get paid any money in, in the offseason.
1: So if you're going to put it through that context, wouldn't you put him in replacement level because you could replace him today with a snap of the fingers? Uh, I re- I'll reluctantly meet you on this one. Okay, I've been I've been pretty fluid so far, but I felt like going to bat for this one. I think it's fair. It's like okay, he's re-
0: replacement levels. Uh, somebody else can come in and do it. That's that's fine. He's been a starter. He's not going to get you beat.
1: And I think that's case in point. In what this is the prior to coming back to Carolina, he'd been on three teams in three years. Dallas, Minnesota, and Carolina, he had, you know, those were three consecutive seasons in which he changed. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ Henderson, well, go ahead. I don't
0: want to make this longer. I guess where I get hung up on that is like we have him in the same bucket as like Justin McRae, who's like a just average backup type player or Cameron
1: Irving or Ian Thomas. Like he's a well, better player than that. Some of that gets into the priority of those positions, the scarcity at offensive line. I think there has to be a little bit of context on if you're going to quantify replacement level, it's okay. What can I replace you with right now? Are there, and there's a handful of, of, modest offensive linemen that are out there, but they're probably, at this point, offensive linemen that are out there because they have durability questions and they want more money than teams are probably willing to pay them.
0: Do you look at quality depth as a better bucket than replacement level?
1: Um, I think that's maybe a decent compromise to make here. Well, I'm just saying, if like... No, because he's a player I would like to have in my secondary. Right. He's just maybe not ideally not a starter. Okay. As long
0: as if we acknowledge that quality depth is a better bucket to be in than replacement level, I, I I feel even more
1: comfortable. With okay. That. Then we're going to put him in, in quality depth. All right. Which makes sense too, because I think that, that we had both came to consensus on a player like Eric Rowe in this stage in Eric Rowe's career as well. Yeah. That's and a I good feel s- parallel. Yeah. I feel similarly about Eric Rowe. Okay. I like it. Okay. Cool. Consensus is uh, – compromise is fun. C.J. Henderson. I don't want to bemoan Bravian Roy, uh, who I believe you had as replacement level. I had as an incomplete eval. Just thought it was a little young to call it one way or another. Do you want to get that for one Brave, out of the way? For
0: Bravian, he's, he's been a, a below-average nose tackle for three years in Carolina. Okay got three he's played snaps he's played over
1: over 300 snaps every year you really feel okay i just think i think it's a a a cj henderson this is our last one is cj henderson all right
0: what's the what's the discrepancy what do i have him in versus you
1: uh i i still had him as an incomplete evaluation okay And, and you put him as a replacement level player okay
0: I mean, you could certainly make the case what he said. Like, he's been in three completely different situations in three years. The top ten pick is obviously talented. We've also seen him play over 1,600 snaps in the NFL. And I think he's been
1: highly inconsistent. Right. But I do think the the context you afford there is somewhat meaningful. That, that There's just been – what's been consistent – He was in Jacksonville, and then he was traded halfway through his second year. And then he goes to Carolina, and his head coach gets fired in 2022. And then Wilkes, who was his D.C., becomes the interim head coach. And now there's another coaching change. Like, it's probably too little too late for C.J. Henderson, but, like, I'm willing to throw my guy a bone here and be like, all right, like, the talent's there. Can you have a breakthrough in year four of your rookie contract?
0: You think he's going to get a chance? I think that's what's going to be interesting. Like if Dante Jackson is going to be the starter opposite, but I don't think you want Jeremy Chin as your full time slot. They're
1: going to be inter- they're going to mix these corners around like they've been doing. I would agree with you. I think there's some matchup specific stuff like that. There's just certain big bodied receivers you probably would like to avoid matching Dante Jackson up against.
0: All right, so your your position is you'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and give him another year before we label him anything other than an incomplete evaluation. Yes. Uh, Wait, I think we just have to acknowledge that this is this is kind of a one-off player because like 1600 snaps in 3 seasons, that that's going to be typically enough for us to categorize a player. But we're going to acknowledge the circumstances here as uh what's
1: influencing that decision. I would agree. Okay, I can live with that. Okay. So there is your full assessment of the Carolina Panthers roster. Now, it's important for us to note, Joe, we're evaluating the roster, right? Because we we got a lot of great feedback on the Colts, and and somebody wrote a very impassioned comment on the YouTube channel talking about uh, how we missed the mark because it was all Frank Reich's fault for being too buddy-buddy with his players. And that may be factual, right? But at the end of the day... This is an assessment of the talent that's being collected. So, just putting that disclaimer, I'm going to bring us back on the screen. So, Waving to the people. Fact or fiction, Carolina Panthers are a better roster now than they were 12 months ago. Better. Yes, they're better. I think they're. Well, it's interesting. They had DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey 12 months ago.
0: Oh, okay. So that's kind of a weird way to put it. That's true. I guess I was thinking of the team, the the team we watched
1: last season, right? Right. They're, they're a much better team than they were in Week 18. Yeah. Uh, that, but that, the, when I said yes quickly, that's what I was thinking about. Right. But it's interesting. Like if we were doing this exercise last year, I think the I think the growth of J.C. Horn and Derek Brown and the emergence of player like Frankie Luvo and adding Von Bell defensively. I think all that helps me say definitively yes, I think they're better defensively than they were last year. There's a lot that has to come together on this offense. Yes. A lot. Yes. Might be a bumpy ride at first because of that. But you you pretty- at least feel like you have the defense to fall back into and say okay, like there's there's guys here that are going to keep us competitive in games, even if the offense is a little stop, go, stop, go. I'll tell you what, dude. I'm I if if I have to live in a world where Cade Mays and
0: Chandler Zavala slash Justin McCray are my starting guards, Bryce Young gonna, gonna be sitting for a little
1: while. Well, <laughs> right? we'll find out. Soon enough, we will find out. But that's gonna do it for this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. With the Draft Dudes, I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. Shout out to the everydayers who keep it locked in here with us on a locked on basis. It's your team's every day. You can find us on YouTube wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or uh, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you like this video, like the video, hit subscribe, click the bell, get the notifications when we go live. Make sure that uh, you help us out and help the channel grow and continue to evolve. Joe, what do we think? We're going to do a, uh, a giveaway this week. We owe the people too. I'm ready for a giveaway. I'm ready. So we do. We want to say Friday show. Friday show. Give everybody a little bit of fair warning. But we we're we even planning we on hit giving thousand you thousand subscribers. Yeah, we're doing giveaways. So Friday show, we'll give you instructions there on how to get entered into the giveaway, and then on Monday, you want to give them the weekend. We'll announce the winner on Monday. We'll do the winner. Th- thing on monday yeah it sounds good great keep it locked in right here on locked on nfl scouting hope to talk to you guys again later have a great rest of your thursday talk to you again soon peace